This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And if you've listened to this show, you know I've been on the air for 30 years here in the Kansas City area. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. I've been here at Sports Radio 810 WHB for 20 years, and our shows are rebroadcast throughout the week in a number of cities as well. And I love doing this show with you. It's really the only weekly sports psychology show in the country. And we talk on this show about you, about your mindset, your attitude, your focus, your demeanor, how you handle pressure, how you deal with sportsmanship, how you deal with abusive coaches, how you deal with crazy parents, how you deal with confidence. Hey, confidence, yeah, that word, that's sort of important, isn't it? And, you know, as we as we move heavily into the fall now with so many sports going on, football, basketball's getting started, hockey's going on, lots of, of, of high school sports are entering their state championship runs as we enter into the winter sports season. There's been one topic this year that has, I think, taken over the sports headlines in a lot of places. And that's the issue of mental health. If you listen to this show, you know I've been talking about this forever. And for years, people have told me what I was full of because, oh, come on, Doc, you know, these are athletes you're talking about. Well, guess what? Athletes are people. They eat. They breathe. They walk, they talk, they go to the bathroom, just like everybody else does. They're people. And they have to deal with pressure. They have to deal with all these issues that I mentioned before. And at the higher levels you go, it becomes more noticeable, the issues that are going on, because everything they do is in the public spotlight. Today, with social media, athletes' lives are open books. If they have a a social media account, they are prone to getting verbally abused if they screw up or applauded if they do great. And I always tell most of the athletes that I work with, especially at the professional level, get off social media. Don't deal with it because there's so much pressure out there. Here's my point today. We have seen, especially this year in the Professional Women's Soccer League, abuse going on. And I've talked on this show forever about abusive coaches coaches who are verbally abusive, physically abusive, sexually abusive. Earlier this year, we had the first woman who was abused by Larry Nassar, first gymnast abused by Larry Nassar on the show. And we talked with her about, she's now an attorney, dealing with a lot of these young ladies, how they deal with this. And this year in the the Women's Professional Soccer League, the National Women's Soccer League here in the United States, four coaches were fired. And the latest was Paul Riley, the North Carolina coach, fired last month for verbal and sexual abuse of players. This is inexcusable. 
It is inexcusable to have a coach do this. Now, the problem is this stuff goes on not just to pro sports. It goes down all the way down to youth sports. I've shared on this show, my youngest son, Gregory, who's now 30, when he swam for the Kansas City Blazers swim team, we his coach, we found out, was abusing swimmers. He'd abused one, was trying to do another. He ended up getting sent to jail and should have stayed there as far as I'm concerned. But nonetheless, and this was my son's coach, who I met, and I was around the guy, and everybody loved him. He was a great guy. Except he had this other side of him that nobody knew about. People are afraid to speak up. People are scared to speak up. Well, now it's starting to happen. And today I'm fortunate to have a guest on with us. Her name is Darian Jenkins. I've gotten to know her. She is a professional women's soccer player. She plays for the newly named Kansas City Current here in Kansas City. And she's been kind enough to get up early this morning and join us and talk about this issue with us. Darian, good morning. Thank you for getting up and joining us today. Good morning, Andy. Thanks for having me. Listen, I've gotten to know you this year. You are a, a class act person. You're an excellent athlete. But more importantly, you're a better person in terms of how you deal with things. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Why is this stuff going on at the Women's Professional League? Why is this happening? Let, let's start there. Why did this happen with four coaches being fired out of the 10 teams this year? Um, our league has the habit of kind of recirculating the same coaches. Um, I think they stick with what they're comfortable. And so, you know, Paul had been around the league for some time when it was the WPS before it folded. And then when the NWSL became, he first option hired for Portland. Um, you know, he ran a really successful youth club and was successful with his team in the WPS. And, you know, despite there being these rumors and <laughs> investigations, um, you know, everyone just kind of swept it under the rug and he was hired again in North Carolina. And, yeah, this is kind of how it's happened. I, You know, I've, this is my fifth year in the league, and I've known about that before I even came into the league. It's just, you know, something you're warned about before you are coached by these people. <laughs> You know, um, and women are just, you know, players are scared to speak out that, about it in fear of retaliation. That's what I was just going to ask you. Are, are people scared to speak up because they're going to be retaliated against? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the players that, you know, now have been so brave and spoken out about these things and done interviews and really called out the system. Um, when they initially tried to do it, they were completely retaliated against and um, you know, our league has no free agency, so they were traded and not played right away, and all of the you know these things are out of your control. Well, I wanted to have you on today to talk about this because you are a, a class act. You're a professional. You played at UCLA. You're a champion. You know what you're doing. You played overseas. You played in the United States. You understand the system. You understand what's going on, and you're a very bright young lady. And let me, I, what I want to get at today, and the reason I want to have you on today. This goes on at all levels of sport, Darian, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I wanted to talk with you today about how you think and what you think we need to do, starting at the youth sport level, high school level, college level, to get rid of this. I mean, there's always going to be somebody doing this somewhere, and it doesn't matter what profession you're in. There are abusive people out there. Verbal and sexual abusers are everywhere, especially in women's sports. This league you know, is, is trying to establish itself and get going. You had four coaches fired, so let's start with what you think needs to be done at the youth sport level as far as education, because I think it starts with educating coaches about how they treat athletes as people, let alone in terms of abusive situations. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. I think that's important and learning just how to speak to people in a respectful way, I think, you know, is first and seeing them as people and not just athletes that go out and do what you tell them to. Um, and then second, I think that each coach that's hired, especially to work with kids, should have a background check, um, you know, just in general, and then a psychological check as well to make sure that they're not putting these kids in compromising positions with someone that they view as in a position of power. So what, sorry, go ahead. No, you're okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, you know, I agree with you 100% on that. But a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people refuse to do that. They they fight it. They don't think it's necessary. Oh, come on, coach has been around a long time. Well, does that mean that person doesn't doesn't have an abusive background that's been hidden? We don't know that. But it has to start with youth youth sports. Now, people coach. Most people coach at youth sport level. Darren, why? Why do you think they get into it? Um, maybe because they used to play, or their kids are involved. Um. Yeah, it's a little easier to get into, I'm sure. That's what I would assume. Okay. And when did you start playing soccer? How old were you? I was about seven. Okay. Do you remember when you were a kid ever getting yelled at by a coach in a negative way? (laughs) Yeah. um, I had an experience. Well, what jumped to my mind was um, when I was growing up, this was before I kind of broke into U.S. soccer and national team stuff, I had this coach who was always a little too touchy-feely, and I am not a touchy-feely person, and so I kind of avoided him like the plague. And I think I was 11, a 10 or 11 at this time, and I was trying out for, like, the Utah ODP Olympic Development Team, um, one of the very few black people, uh, you know, in soccer in my high school and middle school you know so I kind of already felt ostracized in a way um and this coach came up to me after training one day and told me look I don't think you're a soccer player you know you've got those genes to just run you've got those genes to run I really think you should just quit and fall into track because you're really you were you were told that that. oh my god yeah I was 10 or 11 (laughs) and I didn't really comprehend what he was saying, and I I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but he said something else about, like, my ethnicity and not having a part in it. And I remember leaving the field, and we had double days, so I had to be back in, like, three hours. And I got in the car with my mom, and I just started crying, but I couldn't really understand why that was so upsetting to me. And I couldn't verbalize it enough, but it's something I've never forgotten, and I'll never forget this coach. Um, just because of that incident. And it's funny because now he accredits my success to him. He's, <laughs> he's um, told many people that and myself um, as I became pro. He still coaches in Utah, so... Yeah, well, now that, now that you're... A, look, before we go to our first break here, Darian, now that uh, you've been playing professionally for several years, you played on a championship team in college, do you think something like that should be exposed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, see, to me... I think it's, it's important to speak up about these things. And, and in the early league now, the league has agreed to partner with the Players Association to investigate instances of inappropriate conduct in the wake of the misconduct going on. It's a five-person committee that's going to be doing this. And I think this needs to be done. But I think we need to start with educating coaches 
and leagues about what abuse is. What's the best way to coach kids? So where does mental toughness become mental abuse? I want to ask you that as we come back from our break. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me this morning is Darian Jenkins, professional women's soccer player, currently playing for the Kansas City Current of the NWSL. She's got a load of experience. She's played overseas, college champion. She knows what she's talking about, and I'm privileged to have her on as a guest. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Thanks for listening to us. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And today, my guest is Darian Jenkins. She's a professional women's soccer player for the Kansas City Current here in Kansas City, the NWSL. Young lady with a lot of experience. She's played overseas. She played, played at UCLA as a college champion. She knows what she's talking about. We're talking about the whole issue going on now, especially in the Women's Professional Soccer League of Abuse. And so, Darren, let me ask you, as we went to our break, one of the topics I like to discuss is about mental toughness. And, of course, you've had to learn about that in your career. You've been told many, many times you've got to be mentally tough. You've got to do this, got to do that. When does a coach go over the edge to where mental toughness becomes mental abuse in your perspective it's difficult to define in one way because i think that there's so many different ways that a coach can really be manipulative and it doesn't always not always just outright yelling or causing you to run for punishment when you accidentally make a mistake um but i think any time that you're crossing a line where you're harming someone or you're not because you're punishing to get a reaction out of them, you're affecting their mental health in a negative way. And I also think that's something for parents to learn, too. The more that I get into coaching um, younger kids, and I'm, you know, I try to be more of a mentor than anything. Um, and I notice that that's a really big part of why there's a lot of burnout in kids when they're younger. Um, it's pressure from home, and then they come to training, and if it's a coach that they find it, they're figuring out is abusive, because I know at that age it's hard to figure that and really understand what you're feeling and what's going on. Um, you know, it really starts there, and yeah, I think any time that you're going out of a coach is compromising your mental health in any way, because um, it's different for every person. That's being abusive. You're taking a coaching education class right now. Are are there discussions in the class about this? You know, there hasn't been much, but I know this next week, I think Wednesday, we have a module on mental health. But there is a lot about how kids, you know, develop differently and um, kind of how to adjust them. It's been more so about, like, their technical skill level, and adjusting them to the right age group so that they can develop with kids that are in a similar stage as them instead of putting them in, say, a kid is a late grower and they're in an age group where all the other kids around them are seemingly two years ahead of him physically, then they would drop that kid down two years to be at more of a level to have that confidence and skill as the players around him. But there's not much about mental health right now. Um this whole issue of coaching abuse, okay, can you, you, you share with us 
how you were, I think, racially profiled by your youth coach because you're black about being able to run, which I think is just ridiculous. Um, but, of course, you were, how old were you when he said that? 11, is that what you said? I'm pretty sure I was 10 or 11 when that happened. And looking back on it now, like I said, you feel something should be said about that guy? Like you said, he's starting to take credit for you being a professional athlete. Yeah, he, <laughs> when I would go back in the into Utah for the holidays in college, um, I had a really successful freshman year. I got freshman of the year, and we won a national championship. Um, I think I saw him at, like, a kick around one day and he was telling people oh was she i'm the one who motivated her blah 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 and i think i was too shy at the time to say anything about it um but now i think you know with the more relevance of social media it's, it's easier to call that stuff out because i mean if i wanted to post something about him right now i absolutely could and i'm sure you know it, it would probably <laughs> bring up a lot of things that he's done the reason one of the reasons i want to have you on today is to talk about this, but also because this stuff happens at the youth sport level. And you're starting, you know, you're taking a coaching education class, as you said, and you're starting to see mental health is now just now being talked about. So do you think there needs to be more? I, see, to me, I think this is something that should be talked about initially before you start talking about X's and O's, before you start talking about how to run a play. I think you should talk about the whole issue of confidence, mental health, having fun, growing and learning. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? No, I absolutely agree. That's actually more so of my philosophy when I'm in coaching. Um, first is there's a person in front of you that you have a lot of influence over. I don't think coaches, a lot of the time I don't think coaches realize how much influence you have. Um, so I think that being the first step and then creating a safe space for that person, these kids that you're coaching or these adults that you're coaching to know that they can communicate to you and share how they're feeling and what's going on in their lives so that you're at least you have some relevance as to why maybe someone's having an off day or not able to perform as they usually would or you know maybe they just need someone to talk to or things are rough at school or at home I always felt you know for the most part growing up I always felt that practice kind of my sanctuary away from a lot of bs that would happen at school and you know it's a shame to think that not everyone gets that experience that should be your place to relax and have fun and when I'm coaching, I try to make that very clear. Well, when we uh, come back, when we come, when we come back from our break, I want to I want to continue with this conversation. I, I love what you're saying today. I'm talking to Darian Jenkins, women's professional soccer player with the Kansas City Current. We're talking about the issue of abuse and coaching. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Thank you for listening to us this morning. I hope you're doing well. And I have a wonderful guest on today. Her name is Darian Jenkins. She's a professional women's soccer player with the Kansas City Current. She's played overseas. She has a wealth of experience. She's a college champion. And we're talking about the issue of abuse and coaching. And, Darian, uh, as we get started, my producer Marco's got a really good question for you. I want him to throw it out here and see what you say. Uh, good morning, Darian. Thank you again for joining Dr. Jacobs on today. Um, it sounds like that it, you plan to enter the coaching realm once you're uh, done as a player in the future, if I'm right. Yeah, that's the plan right now. 
what would your kind of coaching model be? Because if the change, if there is going to be change um, in that area for throughout sports, starting at the youth level. What kind of example or model would you put out there that coaches should have to follow if you know we want to get better um, as far as coaches in that coaches in that area? So things that have happened in the past don't don't come up again. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, I guess kind of what I was stating before, just because I think you have such a strong impression on people, especially when they're young, when you're working with kids and in that environment where they're really trying something new. And I think being able to create a relationship that's allowing the kid to feel seen and heard and that they're safe, they're in a safe space, able to try new things without repercussions of getting punished for doing something on accident. Um, I think it's really important and just making them seen as people and respecting boundaries that kids put in. I don't think that that's something that's really spoken of. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that that should be the first step is looking at the kids that you're coaching as humans and treating them as such and respecting them as such. And then, you know, a reason that I really want to get into coaching is I enjoy it and I want to be <laughs> kind of the face of that new wave of coaching as well or, you know, one of the forefront people that are doing it. And only 1% of coaches are black and women. So for me to have played pro and kind of had the career that I've had and go in and be able to influence people is I think something that's kind of, you know, my mission in life, because growing up, I never had a coach that looked like me. I've never had a coach that was black, um, unless it was for like two days at a soccer camp one time. Um, so, yeah, I think representation is really important. You know, we're talking with Darian Jenkins this morning, and she's a women's professional soccer player here in Kansas City with, with the Women's Pro League. And... We're talking about coaching. We're talking. We lost the connection. We'll get her back online. And so, one of the things that we're really getting at today is this: um, the issue of abuse in coaching has happened, and it's being exposed now in the women's professional soccer league. Darian is a young lady who plays professionally, and she has an interest in becoming a coach. And we're seeing now, especially with youth sports, okay, the issues that it starts there. And I think this whole issue of coaching education. Getting coaches educated properly, getting them in the in the right frame of mind, uh, and and talking about mental health from the start. Talking about mental health from the start, I think that's where we have to start. You know, I think, and I've talked about this forever on this show. I think when a coach has the first meeting of the year, there should be a parents' meeting. It should be with the parents and the kids, and in this meeting, you talk about your philosophy about winning and losing, about success and failure, about how to deal with all these things. All right, we've got Darian back on the line. Darian, sorry about that, but somehow we lost her there. But when, when, when we get a young person signed up to play in a sport, I think one of the first things that should be done is the first meeting should be with the parents and the coaches and the kids, and the coach talks about his or her philosophy about success, failure, winning, losing, confidence, practice schedules, relationships, all that. 
But I, I, I don't think that happens a lot of the time. A lot of time it's like, all right, we're going to go out, we're, we're going to win this season. We've got 10 games, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. They don't talk about this aspect of it. Do you think this should be the first thing talked about? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. And uh, I mean, a lot of the times, it's sad to say this, but um, in my short career of coaching, there's a lot of times where kids or parents are just dropping their kids off to really be babysat. And sometimes the kids don't even want to play the sport. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of get into the conversation with them like, well, do you have fun? Do you enjoy it? Do you like coming here? And it's more so like it's just playtime. It's not like how the parents are thinking it's going to turn out because I don't think that conversation has even been there between the kids and their parents. So I absolutely think that that's super important to have because ultimately it should be around what your kid wants to do and what's making them happy and um, giving them confidence. And if being in a sport isn't it and that's not what they enjoy, then there you have it. You know, I have a saying, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about the coach, it's about the athletes. We've seen now lately. Yes, I love that. Thank you. We've seen, you can you can use that quote, by the way. I'll give you permission. Um, <laughs> we've seen now, in the last few weeks, all this stuff come out now. Today there's a story about uh, an administrator with the Portland Trailblazers about abuse that, that, that he's possibly involved in. The owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury has been accused of all kinds of verbal abuse. We're, we're hearing all these stories come out now. And I think if we if we look at the world of sports, it's not immune to any of this. It happens because there are big control issues with coaches and owners and things like that. But when it comes to youth sports, the whole purpose of youth sports, Darian, should be what? You tell us. what What's the purpose of playing youth sports? Number First and to, foremost. To have fun. There you go. You just passed 100% to answer the question. Right. <laughs> but a lot of people don't look at it like that, do they? No, a lot of parents. I do a lot of individual coaching. That's primarily what I do. It's what I enjoy most. A lot of parents are, well, you're going to make my kid into the next Megan Rapino. I'm like, the kid is seven years old. How are we thinking this? This should be a fun time for them. So, so what, well, what do yeah, you say, when they say that, though, what do you, what do you say to them? Because they're because excuse me laugh. because they're because they're serious about that when they say that. Oh, they're very serious. Um, I just kind of laugh and I'm like, oh yeah, we'll make her the next, and then you know whatever their name is. I kind of just make it a joke that it's it's not about you know I love Megan she's been a teammate of mine but it's not about her at that point it's about the put the human in front of me so I always make a joke that it's about their kid not Megan right. Um, but yeah, that happens quite often, actually. And that's often often from parents who want to live out their dreams for their kids, and then that's where you know that pressure comes. I, you know, I, I've we, you said it earlier, having fun should be the goal, and to me, that's where it starts. And you know, learning skills, learning fundamentals, having fun—that's what youth sports should be about. And the winning and losing really, to me, shouldn't matter until you're twelve, thirteen, fourteen. What do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. So if we look at it that way, you've got a better chance to advance, better chance to get better. We're going to come back from our next break. We're going to wrap up the show today with Darian Jenkins. She is a great interview. She's a women's professional soccer player here in Kansas City with the Kansas City Current. She's played around the world. She's played collegiately and a champion at UCLA. 
We're talking about the issue of abuse and coaching, especially in light of four coaches being fired this year in the NWSL out of the 10 teams related to abusive situations. So I'm going to have Darian tell us when something like this happens, what should you say as an athlete, how should you handle it, how do you, how do you confront the issue? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and my guest today is Darian Jenkins. She's a women's professional soccer player with the Kansas City Current here in Kansas City. She's played overseas. She played on a college champion at UCLA. We're talking about the whole issue of abuse and coaching. So, Darren, in our, our last segment here, I want to talk about the, the future of, from your perspective, of, of how we should coach not only kids but professional athletes. And the whole issue of respect, where that comes into play, why, it has, why the fear has been there with so many women in the, in the Women's Professional League to speak up, but why it's changing now. Well, I think it needs to start when you're a kid. Um, you know, even sharing my story, I'm like, dang, that was so wrong. I wish I knew what to even do or say in that situation. But, you know, even as adults, we experience that and still don't know what to do. So I think being able to establish with clubs some sort of system of reporting when things go wrong um, and when kids are put in that situation and allowing them to feel comfortable to report. Uh, and I think that that should just go all the way into the pros because, you know, if a coach, all these coaches start coaching kids, that's how you get into the pro coaching world and kind of elevate your licenses, et cetera. And so I think knowing that you're going to be held accountable for your actions and how you treat other human beings is huge. So that's not only a learning curve for kids, but also people that are trying to get into the profession of coaching at a high level. Um, and then it'll kind of establish from there, you know, through college reporting a coach that's treating you wrong or is abusive or harassing you. Um, I've been in situations where I've been harassed by a trainer who I told people about in an organization and they didn't know what to do or who to report it to and ultimately it was just kind of left alone and he was remained hired and I still had to work with him so I think having some system set where if you report something it's going to be investigated not by someone who's friends with the person that you're reporting but um you know some sort of third party which is what the NWSL is doing now which I think is great um, and yeah, I think that that will really have a huge positive effect on this issue of people abusing other humans in positions of power, um, and yielding that to get away with it. Well, obviously this is an issue, not just in sports, but in life today, and we all have to deal with it. But I think in the world of sports, and as you're sharing, especially in the world of youth sports, 
it should start with a background. You know, I think anyone who coaches should have there should be a background check done on them first and foremost, just to make sure that you know they're together enough to coach. And then before you get into you know, I know a lot of people don't believe this, but I think before you even get into anything about X's and O's, you talk about the whole psychological mental health aspect of things. How you build or destroy kids' confidence, how you coach people in a positive way. How do you coach failure? You know, the the book that I co wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. You're gonna fail. I don't care what mm-hmm. sport you play, how good you are, what level you're at you will fail. And instead of, you know, I have all these kids, as, as you know, that come into my office who are, are abused by coaches because they made a mistake. They're yelled at, they're screamed at. I've shared the story, there, there's a young lady I work with now who, when she was in eighth grade, playing softball, got two hits, and then in about the fifth or sixth inning, uh, made an error at first base. The coach then kicked the bucket he was sitting on, kicked the fence, pulled her out of the game, told her some derogatory things and she sat there crying on the bench he just glared at her i mean what that guy in my opinion shouldn't be coaching what do you think about that yeah i agree i mean that brought brought back some flashbacks of um this coach i used to play against in club soccer um yeah that that was crazy i haven't thought about that in a long time but yeah obviously this person needs some anger management issues and needs to learn how to deal with conflict, especially with kids. I mean, how are you... I I can't believe that, because how are you thinking you're making a child feel in that situation? Well, because they're, no not, because they're not they're trying not to make mistakes. They're not thinking. That's the problem about anything positive except for their own ego. Yeah. I mean, no one's trying to make a mistake. No one wants to screw up a simple pass or mess up a throw-in, but never the intention behind trying. And so to put someone down through your body language and how you're verbally speaking to them and your reactions, is you're just eliminating any confidence that that person has. So kind of breaks my heart, but I brought back a lot of situations where that's happened to me or I've seen it happen to players on other teams that I've played against where the coach is super reactive and screams and shouts and yeah there's this system just needs to be put into play where those situations aren't accepted anymore what do you think of the people who say you're you're te- teaching people to be weak because they've got to be tough you got to you got to toughen them up kids today they they get everything they're, they're they don't understand what toughness is yeah i hear that a lot uh i i understand the sentiment behind it because life is tough but I feel that there's a way I mean we know this there's a way to fail upwards that you can kind of ingrain especially when you're young that it's okay to fail and it's about how you react after not just accepting the failure and letting it drag you down and I think even adults need to be taught that still I mean that's something I have to remind myself but I think I have a healthy way of going about it whereas you know, a lot of people in positions of power don't and take that failure or that feeling of failure out on people that are kind of helpless, in this case, kids or people that they coach. Um, so I think just being able to implement that and just teach that it's okay to fail, it's about our reaction and how we get up from it, that's really going to be the lesson. It's not 
not all about just that moment defines everything because it doesn't. Okay, as we wrap things up here, you're a professional women's soccer player. You're playing in WSL. We've had four coaches fired this year because of a variety of things related to abuse for most of them. How do you see the future of the league? Where do you see it going? And what do you think is going to be done about coaches in these situations? Well, I think the PA and the league have done a good job about implementing this uh, system where we actually have somewhere to report to now when something goes awry or you're put in an uncomfortable situation. Um, And now there's going to be extensive uh, background checks on coaches, which is huge. It's something we've never had before. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's great, and that's the first step. And I'm really excited to see how much the league is going to change in a positive way. I think you're going to see a lot of shifts in the next few months, not just with players and whatnot, but with the coaches and organizations as a whole really starting to listen to their athletes. As we wrap up, I'm going to ask you three definitions. You're not in English class, so you can use the word in the definition. First one is winning. What's your definition of winning? Mm, learning. Losing. Mm, picking yourself back up. And self-confidence. Knowing that you'll be okay. You have answered those differently than pretty much anybody who's been on this show. I think those were great answers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I want to thank you for getting up this morning so early and joining us. This has been a fabulous interview. Um, You know, I've gotten to know you this year. You are a true professional. You handle yourself well. You get get what sports is about. You've got a great future ahead of you. And it sounds to me, after listening to you today more so than anything, uh, you're going to be a great coach. And I'm not well, saying that to be nice. I, I am saying it because I really believe it. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Listen, this has been wonderful, Darian. I appreciate it so much. The best of luck to you. And we'll be in touch. And uh, go get some rest now. Thanks for getting up today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. That's been Darian Jenkins, one of the star players with the Kansas City Current Women's Professional Soccer League team in the NWSL League here in Kansas City. And, you know, this show is about educating you about topics and things like like we've talked about today. This is a topic I will talk about a lot about in the future because it needs to be discussed. And this is one of the few shows where I really, it really gets into it like this. If you are a coach, encourage other coaches to listen to this show. If you're a player, encourage players to listen to this show. Get parents to listen. Darian hit it on the head. The whole purpose of sports is to have fun at the youth sport level. Have fun. Enjoy the experience. Grow and learn. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. If you want to get a hold of me, several ways to reach me. My email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. My website is winnersunlimited.com. Our shows are podcasted. Go to my website. Click on the podcast page. They're on all the podcast apps. But go to my website and listen to it there. I encourage people to listen to this show. Darren Jenkins' message needs to be heard by everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week from the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WSB.
This is Dr. Andrew Jacobs with the Sports Psychology Moment. How do you handle expectations of your team when they don't go the way you want? And as a coach, as an athlete, when, when the team doesn't play the way you expected, when the expectations for the season don't go the way you want, what do you do? How do you react? How do you respond? And how do you keep it from going into a tailspin? More from Dr. Andrew Jacobs in just a moment. Home. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's a rustic cabin. For others, a big city high-rise. And for others, it's renting a tiny studio that said it had laundry in the building, but the dryer's always broken. And don't get me started on the gym. That's not a gym. It's an elliptical machine and a boiler room. And let's not even discuss parking. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than getting your landlord to return your calls. You can't hide forever, Leonard. Now, what does winning really mean? To me, obviously, winning means coming out on top. But to me, winning means, did you do your best that day? If you keep doing your best, eventually things are going to go the way you want. Losing is giving up, quitting, not accomplishing your goals. Great leaders, whether they're an athlete or a coach, keep themselves even keeled as best as possible. They don't get too down. They don't get too high. They're able to emotionally stay stable and not let the scenario dictate how they're going to handle things. Listen to Dr. Andrew Jacobs on the Sports Psychology Hour every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.